hearts in our hands like loaded guns We're taking our chance with the lucky ones This moment is yours, this moment is mine And we're gonna be fine Welcome to another edition of Michael L. Craver Presents. Beautiful afternoon. Looked like thunderstorms earlier. Never saw a drop. Never got wet here. Um, thought I would sh finally share this mysterious, this legendary <laughs> dating application uh, at the, the conclusion of today's episode. But uh, I was diving into a few things uh, from the community I'd seen that uh, some of us talking about gas prices being down, and you know we were going to see some changes. I, I think the the complacency that people have, this tendency that we have to to one up uh, one another and act like uh, some sort of Teflon coating is attached to our words, our viewpoints. It, it's just a ridiculous way of treating each other so it's great if you're spending a little less on gas you're seeing a little bounce back on your your dollar you know enjoy that and and hopefully that continues economy approves um i do see that uh you know the many ways that folks just communicate with each other just, just a ridiculous fashion that um we've come to almost embrace and then promote the folks who do the least and uh, who have these uh, very unhealthy qualities about them. If I were to say to you, um, here's Larry over here, and uh, he smokes a pack of cigarettes a day, two packs of cigarettes a day. He is smoking like a, more like a freight train, the old term, right? And you tell him, no, 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 Larry, you're you're leading the wrong kind of lifestyle. That smoking's going to cause these long-term health issues. We know about these long-term health issues. You are very foolish, Larry. We want to help you. We want to provide you with a, with a patch, with counseling, cold turkey. You know, you <laughs> can change your diet. Exercise, whatever it might be. We're going to get your mind off those cigarettes. We're going to take you from this extremely unhealthy behavior. And we're going to turn it around. All right. Or, what if I told you that me and my friends are going to surround Larry? Promote him. Put him on the cover of magazines. We're going to tell Larry the smoke king. I mean, he's... The cigarette czar, man. He's just smoking like crazy. <laughs> right? He's living his life out loud. And if you tell him to change, you're smoke shaming. That's right. It's his body. His choice. Well, you know, but... Now, what is the argument? That he gets into some sort of medical fix and he goes to the hospital, and now he pays part of his premium, right? He pays an entrance fee, maybe his deductible on his insurance. And the insurance company's picking up the rest. Yes, but everybody else has to 
pay in because when they pay his deductible, you know, it raises everybody's insurance because that's right. Everybody who's a safer driver lowers everybody's car insurance. Everybody who is healthier lowers everybody's health insurance. So when Larry is smoking, he is putting your dollar and his health at risk. Now we're going to swap out Larry's vices. Larry loves to eat cheesecake. He eats two cheesecakes a day. Larry weighs 400 pounds. We know that Larry's going to have long-term problems because we've studied what that amount of sugar does to a person's body. We know how much that that calorie intake will adversely affect him in the long run. We know that as he carries that weight around, he will go to the doctor. In the long run, he will incur very large bills for the problems that are complications from all this sugar, all these excess calories, because Larry is what we consider to be medically overweight. His activity does not balance out his calories. That's the difference. If your activity level is here and your calorie intake is here, then there's not really an issue, is there? But if your body were a bathtub and we put in more more water than you can drain, (laughs) what happens? Damage. That's what happens. The water overflows. It causes damage. What do you think happens when you eat too many calories that you can't burn? Causes damage. Pretty simple. And you can, oh, we embrace it. It's okay to to do what? It's okay to do what? It's, It's wildly inefficient. It's tremendously more expensive. It is something that people, uh, in the long run, it it behooves me that anybody who wants the economy to get better, that wants the people around them to be healthier, that wants to have a better planet, would embrace or celebrate any sort of lifestyle like this. Why is that, Michael? Well, I just wrote a very extensive piece on consumption and put that on my, my website. If you are an overweight person, if you're a person who takes on more calories than you burn, your weight, then, number one, you're eating unnecessary calories to excess. Well, that's personal choice, and that's which puts an undue burden on the planet to allow you to be gluttonous because now the environment around you which if it's not clear that there's climate change and they've relocated and and that doesn't just mean that the temperature would be 400 degrees right what climate change literally refers to is like where you have rain in areas there was not rain before and you have a drought in areas that did not traditionally have a drought because it has changed the precipitation patterns of the world because it's changed the conveyor, as they call it, of the ocean, where now storms do not appear where they normally did before. It's become less predictable. Sure, it's more humid. It's hot. It's extremely unbearable. The uh, the heat strokes that people have suffered, the malaria that happens, and the, all of these things that happen, mosquitoes carrying disease in these countries around us and around the world, uh, are, are wildly because of the temperature. Because... When the temperature and the humidity are hotter, it creates this incubation environment 
So what do you do when you want to have an egg or a baby that's premature and you want to bring it up to speed and you want to make it healthy? Well, what accelerates that growth and makes life a little easier is to have that hot human environment. That's where cells thrive. And so as we make the planet hotter like that, it's a much worse breeding ground for disease and virus and COVID, etc. So now you have a hotter planet where it, sometimes it's harder to breathe. You have a hotter planet with an incubation rate for disease and virus that will affect people at a, at a rapid rate. The spread of disease is wildly uh, a combination of factors, but the travel that people have, the proximity that people have, these hubs where we all get together in closed-up spaces, and the unhealthy nature of the people who are in each of these places. Number one factor with anything respiratory, COVID, as you know about your cardiac system, your heart, strain on your spine, obesity. It is, it's rough. You see the people in the handicapped space, you know, the stereotypical car that is sitting up towards the front of the store, or maybe it's been in the parking lot of the shopping center a long time because it's full. It's loaded down. The shocks are way down. The trunk is because why? It's there's too much weight in that car. It can't move around efficiently. It's a strain on the car, the transmission, the brakes, tire, the whole system. And the car will fail sooner than it would have failed. And in order to fuel all of these things, which is the concept that I'm trying to, to discuss here, is the consumption that's involved. In order for you to have, and I'm 255 pounds or something, but I, I do not try to eat any more than I'm going to burn. So there are no snacks, no nothing here. And that's not because I swore off junk food. Uh, there's ice cream in the freezer. That, that, maybe, I don't know if that's considered a snack. So there's ice cream in the freezer. There's peach yogurt, probably. So if I need something sweeter or something to just, like, you know, indulge in, it's there, but it's in the freezer where it has uh, an extended shelf life. Uh, you know, a lot of produce and uh, meat. I, I mean, that's that's all I'm going for myself. I don't think everybody has to lead, per se, by example. But if each person were to burn the calories they consume and, and come to a closer balance of those two things, the planet has less of a stress on it. Why? Because industrialization is affected by your consumption. The more that you try to eat, the more boats we have to ship from one shore to another, the more rows that farmer has to plow, and the more carbon is put into the atmosphere, which then drives the climate changes, the humidity, the disease, etc. Now, many people are just not going to see how one thing affects the other 20. But they could. Couldn't we be more educated? Couldn't we have this discussion? No! I'm going to eat McDonald's every day. Fuck you! Go for it. 
What I'm saying is you're not doing anybody, including yourself, any favors by doing that. It's like this ugly dietary form of... Um, well, cannibalism would mean you're eating something else of your species. It's almost like um, self-loathing. Hate. No, it's cool. Look. Look at what? The folks who are driving around in a suburban by themselves. Boy, that's wonderful for the carbon emissions. It's, they're the ones who are killing you on the gas prices. Supply and demand, folks. If you want the gas prices to go down, and you know this is something that people have done in the past, don't buy the gas. Force them to lower the... But we have to... No, you don't. You'd be amazed amazed what discipline you could have. I can't stop from eating them cheesecakes. Okay, Larry. Well, smoke them cigarettes, eat them cheesecakes, and your lungs and your immune system go right down the tubes. Who is the oldest, fattest person you can think of? Comedian or otherwise? It's... Now, think of five more. Ooh. Yes, sometimes you have this eccentric exception. These statistically insignificant people. Oh, look, there's that guy over there. Yeah, there's a guy over there who's fucking seven foot eight, and you know, from some foreign country or some place that you you maybe know uh, where it is. But I mean, the, at the end of the day, it's not the average height. He. Is different. He has a pituitary or otherwise genetic set of traits that lead him somewhere that you cannot be. There's nothing, nothing that keeps people from having yourself. I mean, self-discipline is something that you either volunteer to embrace or you don't. And this deal where it's gluttonous and people, you know, I'm going to smoke this many cigarettes and I'm going to use this much gas and I'm going to do this. and I'm gonna... it, it is. It's the consumption. It's living to excess. And it's a shame. It really is. Because it destroys the neighborhood, the planet, etc. Oh, that's not true. There's this many people and there's, you know... But it, it, it's, it's a matter of personal responsibility. And there are folks who are going to clean up after themselves. They're not going to throw litter out the window and have it on the side of the highway. And we don't have to go pick up after them. We don't have to undo what they've done. Why? Because they made it to a trash can. <gasps> How hard was that? They just didn't roll the window down and throw shit out the window. That's simple. I can't stop from eating. <laughs> yeah. Get up. Move. It is. It's it is the key to happiness, to health. Is and I'm not saying that there aren't people who are handicapped, but the mobility is often what is your 
saving grace in these situations. I love to eat. Walk some more. Get up, walk around, eat while you're walking. As long as you burn calories, as long as you're bringing that ratio closer into balance to one-to-one where you're burning what you're eating, you're going to be just fine. You'll live a much longer life. Now, you can get into this dietary, well, if you eat more sugar, it's like this, and I eat only vegetables. I'm not in any way saying that you can't be more meticulous about your criteria. But the concept of consumption, whether Larry smokes two packs of cigarettes or whether he eats two cheesecakes, his body cannot deal with the average body and in general cannot deal with those things. And we know that they're unhealthy and it's a tremendous drain on the federal and local and otherwise budget, right? Because somebody, and oftentimes it's the impoverished or people who have public health care, are raising our debt by doing those things. Wait a minute. Now that sounds crazy. Are you trying to say some guy took his hypothetically, there's a guy who takes his EBT card, he goes down to the store, he overeats, he uses his Medicare card to go get looked at. Well, that's just crazy. Now we're, now we got money coming out of both ends. You're right. We do. Pretty weird, huh? But, We are busy educating people in a different way about other things. Not about consumption. About guilt and acceptance. It's not science anymore. It's all feelings. Feelings will get you killed. Jealousy, rage, impulse. Murder is an act of passion, an act of feeling. No, that's not true, Mer- You understand the correlation that I'm making. And this is the, that's what I was talking about with this Teflon crap earlier. People often will try to tell you something and then act as if because I can say something, there is no argument. There is no counterpoint. Nothing you can say trumps my right to say the wrong thing. Doesn't matter what the facts are. Their truth, their set of facts, what they believe is that whatever is said is something that can be, will be, could be true. And even if it's not true because they believe it, because they have the right to say it, that is just as acceptable as anything scientific that you can counterpoint with. Well, we don't know that yet. That's right. That's what we'll do. We'll just wait till it's too late. Sure, we could knock the wings off the airplane and hypothetically it might not go down. Everybody might not die. But the reason that we set up loans the way that we do, the reason test scores look the way that they do, the way that your insurance rates and everything else are determined is with statistics. Science helps to shape those statistics as well as mathematics. But as you look at those things, 
And you say, oh, is this the physics behind flight? Yes. Oh. It won't fly just because I think it can? No. That's crazy. The only thing that flies because you think it can is your big-ass hot air balloon of a head. You need to come down out of the clouds where you weren't to begin with back to reality and have a conversation that is based on a solid foundation. Something that we can all agree upon. Because we have universally decided we don't accept everyone else's values or their units of measurement. And that causes a lot of disagreements. It's what destroys households. Someone believes they can treat you this way because maybe you'll accept it. What do you mean I can't talk to her like that? Yes, I can. I got the First Amendment. Well, it's unhealthy, so let's not do it. Healthy ain't got nothing to do with my rights. And therein lies a fundamental self-loathing irresponsibility. You have the right to argue outrageous things. As long as you know they're outrageous, all that then becomes is quality control. Hey, look, that guy thinks that... That's right. He thinks something wild, outrageous, in, an improbable thing, low statistics. Anyway, what he's thinking of is called catastrophe. Yes, it is one of many outcomes that if we allow everything to just be uncontrollable, to just grow in the wild, if we don't have any controls in place, if we don't <laughs> do everything we can to try and educate people and make good decisions, informed decisions, then yes, catastrophe is a much more likely outcome without education, without information-based decisions. However... When you have better information, there's so many people who believe this. It's it's not universally true. It just it is you know they just look at that as a responsibility to do what's best for everybody, to treat everybody as well as we can, but take care of yourself, make decisions that will help take care of other people. I'm not telling you to stunt their growth or harm them in some way. But to tell someone that he's smoking too much, we know the effects of smoking. Tell someone he's eating too much. We, we know the effects of overeating. Of overeating. Uh, I don't know about overeating. I'm not that kind of farmer. Um, but the, the diabetes, the immune problems, the, the fatalities and the complications from... COVID and other respiratory issues that a lot of these people are going to carry around forever. People, you know, it's okay. Well, when you have Sports Illustrated and these sports-based, fitness-based companies celebrating, I don't know, obesity, I'm not quite sure how to make the connection that will would eventually have to You'd have to cross this bridge at some point. 
If that's true, right, if you embrace that, where are those people in sports and fitness? Where are those people standing on the Olympic stage with a gold medal because they excel? What is it that keeps them from excelling? Would it be the inefficient biology that takes place in their digestive system every day? Hmm. And why is that? Because they're consuming more than they're burning. But Mike, that's a more. I'm, I'm a fundamental guy. I like fundamental words, umbrella words, root cause consumption. That is the key factor. Can you underconsume? Of course you can. Your body will eat itself from the inside out. You've seen anorexic people. You've seen people who eat it and throw it up. They binge. They purge. These bulimic folks. There's a variety of names and diseases that are associated with too much weight and too little weight. They don't have enough consumption. But the level of consumption is the fundamental problem in any one of those folks' existences. Their biological systems operate differently because they've either overloaded it or they're not giving it enough fuel. And much like that overflowing bathtub picture that I was trying to paint earlier, (laughs) you do run the risk of one day falling through the floor. Shame um, that... um, We're negligible in these areas, and we don't have responsible conversations. It's a shame. I'm going to work on the now that I've run off all the all the listeners and all the all the people who think that I'm such an evil guy. I'm going to go into the the backstory and then uh, the dating application uh, to close this uh, this podcast out. Uh, hopefully, it'll be entertaining. I just what it to hypothetically see what kind of microscope a person is put underneath when you try to tell them that you're here's an application for you to fill out for a job, a roommate, a relationship, or otherwise. Uh, so I'm doing this experiment on myself, and uh, it's for your amusement. So we'll be right back with Michael L. Craver Presents. Sandwiches shouldn't come from a tanning salon. They should be served straight from the fryer and piping hot. That's Kentucky Fried to Order. KMC, it's finger licking good. I will tell you that one of the more interesting things I've experienced in my life is having a great social circle of friends, family, co-workers, especially... Just the uh, social butterflies who say hello from the podcast or who have said hello when I had social media and things, that uh, they make it like I'm talking to a wall. And I say that as a compliment, sort of. What I mean is that they're mirroring. So a lot of, if you're not familiar with the technique of matching and mirroring, it's where you attempt to get on the same wavelength as another person. You match their tempo, their energy, their level of investment in the conversation, right? Well, what I'm referring to with them being a wall is that I will throw material 
their way. And often they will bounce it right back at me. So I ask a question that might uh, require some thought. And they'll say, well, how would you handle this? And I like that. However, I always like to know what I'm asking of other people. And I had gotten into a bottle of scotch, I guess, some time ago, almost six months ago. It looks like from the date on my website where I'd written up the girlfriend application. And that came from a rich <laughs> history of talking to people, and I've had arguments about this, or let's just say discussions, but I've said, you know, getting to know someone who you're going to allow to, to work with you, to be a partner of any kind, who's going to help you around the house, who's going who's to be your significant other, for me, there is a process of qualification, it's not just hands-free, carefree. You're giving them a role, or at least a sense of, perhaps a great deal of, responsibility. And for me, I describe that process of getting to know them and qualifying them as the application process, as the interview process, because they are, in essence, wanting a position whether it's a paid position or not. And so when people have had previous discussions, I mean, years ago, where I had maybe a dating profile, maybe where I was just single and somebody was having a conversation with me, I said, you know, I I really need to know these things before I'm willing to move forward. These are the minimum criteria and that's a very common thing. Not everybody puts it in the abstract or, or takes it in, and then parallels it with like the employment process <laughs> and human resources. And I understand that, but that's what I'm doing. And I said to myself, I need someone who has these basic things checked off or they're not qualified. But they look a certain way and... Oh, Michael, if you just knew what her lips would do to you. Oh, is that right? Well, that's great, except I need these things to be able to run my household and have a decent quality of life. Oric makes a fine vacuum, too. Just because you can imitate one does not mean that the people at um, the utility company are going to go away. You and I both use energy. You should be contributing. So I am probably going to ask some sort of contribution, whether it's around the house to alleviate certain duties, whether it's that you have a financial investment in our budget, whatever it might be. You're either freeing up some of the labor that I'm doing or you're freeing up some of the payments that I'm making, right? Because we're working as a team. And now... If you were to live in the same home as me, where we have a community, one number, right? There's a community power bill for all of us. What are you contributing to that? Is it a some sort of, um, the, the term is going to elude me, isn't it? That you can, there is a term when you go to buy a piece of property, and it's, it's not going to come back to me, that uh, you can ask for essentially an allowance of 
dollars, and they will take that off of the total of the property if you're willing to do the renovations. I know there's people out there listening who are like, I got it! I got it. If you know the answer, obviously I'm not going to hear it. But anyway, <laughs> what I'm talking about is if you live in a house together, yeah, you, you, know, you, you do chores around the house, and that's your toll for living there, right? You, you pay in labor rather than paying in dollars. And I understand every family's different, every relationship is different. This is my preference. So, yes, it would be nice if I pay a bill and you pay a bill. And maybe we swap next month so that mine were heavier this month and yours were heavier next month. Whatever it might be. Uh, I think those are excellent ways to, at least financially, accounting-wise, they're excellent ways to be able to measure your investment in the relationship. Oh, you know what she does? What is it she does? She cooks. She is always thoughtful. She is taking care of the home. The kids is bringing them super dollars. And, you know, she paid off my credit card debt. Great. I think anything that you do where you're investing into the relationship, no matter how small, should be appreciated. However, however, if you run up a very large debt and you are not making any... Uh, reparations, I don't know, that's probably not the right word in this social climate, but if you're not making any return on investment, right, we're, we're putting all this money into your future and we're running the bills up, so one day you're going to graduate college and bring home the mucho dinero. Well, I hope so. Otherwise, I've got to make more money. <laughs> Over the course of time, you're only going to cost more. Your health inspe- expenses will go up, cost of living goes up, inflation, et cetera, et cetera. So, and if you're paying for two people, now you need an increase worth the cost of two people. If you got two people contributing, and that's part of the reason that people cohabit, they live together, that they can't get out of a situation, is because they pool their resources together. Aha! Now our budget is twice as big, our expenses are only half. Or, you know, something less than twice as much. So you're saving that way. And that's part of the reason that people try to get together. It's a partnership. It's the reason you get a roommate, even if you're not having a relationship or intimacy or what otherwise, right? You're sharing the bills. Anyway, I I think that people should have a roommate application too. I've not come up with one of those because I'm not looking for a roommate. But I did come up with this... um, uh, dating application, so um, I will. I'll go through it because I don't know what I'm asking somebody else. How much time is involved? How much thought is involved? And I'll uh, I'll do it live, as uh, Bill O'Reilly says. Okay. Now I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. Okay. Hey, sure. There's yeah. no words there to play us out. What does that mean? To play us out. It's, it's Sting is going to do. It's a video. Sting video. Okay. What is for credits? I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go. Go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is that. Okay. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today, and we will leave you with a... I can't do it.
We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. F it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking right. thing sucks. In. Coke with coffee. We blended Coke with rich coffee for one very good reason. Your afternoon pick-me-up routine needed it. Simple as that. Coke with coffee. So, on my website, it's listed as a girlfriend application on mlcraver.com. M-L-C-R-A-V-E-R.com. And the uh, introduction says, This is the result of a quarter century, 25 years, of time, hundreds of thousands of messages, and common sense. <laughs> the best advice is to think hard, show enthusiasm and creativity, and tell the complete truth. The more well thought out and precise every answer is, the better off everyone will be. Here we go. And it's listed in what I think is a very casual way. It's not designed for you to feel uh, pressure if you were to go through it. And I, I highly recommend that, you know, if you're a dad and you want to do one of these, for, you can't date my daughter if you don't know how to turn a wrench and own a set of tools and so forth. I, there's nothing wrong with having standards. Uh, to describe what's in the introduction and give it a little more context, a quarter century is my age and then how long ago I may have had the first conversations with girls, dating, stuff like that. The hundreds of thousands of messages, um, yeah, over the last 25 years, uh, I've exchanged a, a lot of messages, whether it be Facebook or I've, for short periods of time, I've had things like Instagram and Snapchat for like a month, two months, right? Um, if you're exchanging messages on dating apps, I have no idea what those numbers are. I know how many messages there are from giving out my number and then looking at my Sprint or Verizon bill and knowing how many outgoing and incoming text messages there are, how many minutes are spent on the phone. Now, it doesn't isolate those to the opposite sex or to you know people that you're trying to get to know, but it's a good number to start from. And there was a stretch, I mean, it's been six, seven years ago. I might have it written somewhere, but there's been several stretches of time where over the course of a month there were 30 plus to 37,000 messages a month. And uh, that's where you, you say hello, you know, they reply. So there's, you know, one, two, three, four. And it can be because the message is five words long. It could be because it's 50 words long. That includes, uh, at least I think it includes, uh, anytime you send one of those funny uh, memes or GIFs or a photograph or voice message or otherwise, right? But that easily adds up. So over the course of 25 years, I've had a phone for 23 years, maybe? Um, but those numbers are, you know, they're not reflective of people just beating down my door trying to... Uh, sling the their sea creature on me. Um, I try to say things that are animated and a little outrageous. Hopefully no woman has a sea creature in her pants. But if you have an octopus, uh, please get it checked out. Cut them tentacles off. Um, yeah, and the common sense thing I think is pretty simple. Like you read the question, reply faithfully, honestly. 
Let's see what we're asking of people. Question uh, or field, uh, line number one, item number one. Yeah, item number one. Describe your transportation situation, i.e. own, rent, lease. Are you hitchhiking? Uh, <laughs> my transportation situation is I paid cash for my car. Uh, the car insurance, I think, is on auto pay. And, I, of course, uh, my vehicle's in good repair. Uh, I own it, and uh, the state uh, has no qualms with me, no outstanding this, that, or the other, no criminal actions, no cases on the docket or otherwise. Describe your living situation. I own my my home, Um, and I'm the only one here. Uh, Owner, renter, squatting, halfway house. That's important. I've run into, and I'll give a little detail on these. I've run into people who don't have transportation. That's why that's up there. I'm looking to date. All right, but how are you going to get there? And this was before Uber and stuff. If you're wondering, some of these questions are derived from conversations I had years ago. You could have called a taxi, but it wasn't like, it wasn't as readily available as it is now. And remember that if you don't know this, for context, I did not live in urban areas where you could just get back and forth if you were the other person. Uh, this was more like, I'm willing to date somebody if they'll be my chauffeur and my taxi service, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if that person is not responsible enough to have a vehicle, do you think they have the work ethic to pay you for gas or otherwise? <laughs> no. This is where you have an agreement. You're dating them, they're dating you, and they're probably trying to incentivize the relationship in some other manner, whether it's companionship or being physical or whatever. That's When you're younger, I'm sure it makes more sense because it makes you happy when you're horny. But as you get older, there are certain qualifications people need transportation fundamental living situation negotiable right a lot of people ended up over covid housing crisis otherwise living with other people living with parents they're saving money don't fault them if they're doing that right halfway house you you might want some background there that might be somebody that uh, you know are you taking on a project are you looking to sponsor somebody describe your career situation i have a wonderful job i've had it for several years now, uh, full-time, you know, benefits, X, Y, Z. Uh, the reason that it's written the way it is, uh, describe your career situation. I, for example, full-time, part-time, crowdfunded welfare. Some of that is because if you're one of these people who gets on Twitch and plays games for a living, you know, it is what it is, right? Uh, welfare, EBT, things of that nature. What are you looking for? Are you looking for a partner, a warm body? That Maybe that's for you. It's not for me. What's your availability? I work Tuesday through Saturday, 8 to 5, and pick up overtime as there is, and then I've got you know, projects around the house. But but, what is your availability with the big parentheses, asks you know, your work schedule, your custody arrangements, your other commitments. So, you, you know, do you go to choir practice on Wednesday night? Yes. Okay. Have you participated in adult entertainment? No, I define this, and it says this, defined as selling photos, videos, performing on stage, stripping, or otherwise NSFW content, with or without pay, which would mean, have you ever made or sent or otherwise nudes and videos and pictures and things of that nature? That's more of an honesty question. If you were a porn star, a hooker, a stripper, Probably, you know, that's, that's going to put off some red alerts. 
if you're not honest when you've been playful or otherwise in the past about sharing your own images, that's a dishonesty issue, and that's a that's that to me is also a fundamental uh, flaw that that folks have, whether it's pride or whether it's um, just being deceptive. Piercings, ink, and alterations. Do you have permanent or temporary, such as nails or lashes? <gasps> so there's going to be a lot of folks who are going to have an answer there, especially if you're female, probably more than male. But you know, piercings have at it. If you got them in obscure places on your face, is what it is. Ink meaning <gasps> permanent or temporary. Yeah. So if you have that you know, what they call permanent makeup. But if you have brows and microblading and all these other combination things, number one, that's not permanent. It'll go away in a few years. But um, it, it's interesting to know those things because um, it's not real hair. It's fake. You have fake hair. Might as well draw a car on the uh, concrete downstairs uh, and pretend that you have an automobile. Because you don't really have those lashes, do you? Uh, what was the example I made? I said if a guy had chest hair, but he shaved it in, you know, a line down the middle, and then formed a six pack out of the chest hair to uh, fake what he didn't actually have, right? Said, That's harmless. It's funny, I guess, but if if you mean it seriously, it's it's different. Intention, I think, is important there. Uh, those are not disqualifying things. All kinds of people have painted or, or fake nails, lashes. Otherwise, it's just an interesting question. It's Some of those are more about honesty and self-description than anything else. They don't hold tremendous value, make or break it value. Number seven is probably the, the more complicated one for anyone. Uh, why are you single? Also, there's no time limit or character limit on, on this answer. <laughs> My answer to why I'm single would be, uh, quite frankly, it's... Yeah. I described it as, if you, I have projects lined up, podcasts, writing, splitting wood, I know those are going to be quality experiences. I have a, a ball that If you can't tell when you're listening, I have a ball sitting down. And I've done a lot of things so that I can tell the story. Or I've, you know, hey, you know what was really funny today? So, yeah, I, I love it. And for those reasons, in the dating game, I, I have been out. Because there's a great deal of unknown. You spend your time, you know, it's like going to the grocery store somewhere you've never been before. Do they have what I need? Well, let's go where I, let's go to the place I know they got what I need. Not everybody's window shopping in new places. Uh, a lot of people, you know, they, they go to the general store, they get what they need, and they come right back home. They're not headed out to the mall and the outlets. and the. You understand the metaphor here that I... There's certain things only another human being can give you and in, if in a relationship setting. Well, even <laughs> they're just throwing it at you. But... I, I've quite enjoyed having a break. And um, when I find something that is more valuable than what I'm already doing, habits will change. Let's put it that way. So there's, there's a good answer for you. 
Uh, the reason it got that way, if you're looking for the origin story, I dated uh, for a while and um, different education levels, different types of communication. It really boils down to my level of investment was, what's a good word? Unconditional. And somebody else's level of engagement would be described as, uh, I don't like using those terms, but the most relatable thing would be manipulative. I mean, if there was something in it for them, then maybe they'd jump in. And if there wasn't, they don't want a part of it. What am I getting out of this? Oh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very... It was very one-sided, and um, yeah, the budget was probably if I if you really 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 did the math, like down to the wire, and without me saying, oh, it was a hundred to zero. The real the real number is probably still ninety-five to five. That I paid for ninety-five percent of everything, and I just looked at it like an investment for the longest time. And when it wasn't um, ever looking like that was going to pay off. I just said, you know, we're going to cut our losses as a good word, good term, and we're going to we're going to do something different. It's just going to be me. And, and and what I lose is this much spending will be gained back. So I'll <laughs> I'll reclaim this part of my budget and my spending. Will I lose the other person? Uh, yes, but you never know. Might run into somebody else maybe that you know this person will go run off into the distance and they'll come back going you know what i now have something to offer now i've got these resources now i'm willing to invest in the relationship great come on back but if they're not pulling their weight and they're not gonna pull their weight it's up to you to decide whether you're you're gonna keep uh doing twice the work and Doug. And now, for their service to the community, we present Limu Emu and Doug with this key to the city. It's an honor to tell you that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. And now, we need to get back to work. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. All right, number eight is uh, deal breakers or pet peeves. For me, the word toxic is a large, large umbrella. Toxic communication, spending, behavior, just the treatment of the environment around you, whether it's financial, spiritual, or otherwise. If someone asks you a question and you are... Absent-minded is one thing, right? I, I have one of the first quotes I ever wrote in one of my favorite notebooks says, people are allowed to make absent-minded mistakes. It's different to be malicious, to say, I'm going to fuck this up. I'm going to do something intentional. I'm not having a good day. Nobody's having a good day. You remember the movies in the old, it's like a horror movie. If I can't have her, nobody will. That's where we're at. If you're one of the folks and that 
you know, you're toxic about spending is different, right? How much do you owe on your credit card? No. What are you doing about that? Well, I'm I'm taking a trip next month. What? Is it to go dig up some buried treasure and come back and pay everybody off? Because that sounds like a bad idea. That sounds like you already owe money on your left, and you're getting ready to owe money on the right. Uh, pet peeves. Same thing. If you, I've described it this way. If you can look at the TV and look back at me and you're paying attention to two things and you can give the same quality answer while doing two things, have at it. You don't have to be doing one thing at a time. Some people can be talking when they're doing all sorts of things. So that's fine. But if you're negotiating quality, that's a pet peeve of mine. You're... you're distracted, you're pissing your time away, you're not invested, you're, uh, yeah, quality is, is the other umbrella. If, if you're negotiating quality by half-assing it, look, don't do it. <laughs> Wait till you got time and, and be all in. Number nine, how to handle a disagreement. I, that's a case-by-case basis. It really is. For me, it's much more oriented toward identifying cause and eliminating repetition. So we know something happened. We can get down to why it happened. But man, wouldn't that be tremendous to not be able to... Not be able to... To never repeat that again. Well, if you can make it where you were never able to repeat it again, that would be great too, right? You put this in place, it'll never happen again. I suppose it's always a possibility, but um, getting down to the root of it, to me, is is important. So most of that is done through homework, whether that's... I like to use big umbrella words, right? Homework meaning you look into it, Maybe by the numbers. Maybe you look into it by talking about it. Maybe the two of you, you know, hey, let's talk to somebody. Let's use this other resource, whether it's a therapy, whether it's consulting a, an expert of some other kind. That's how you handle this agreement. You get better information, and you provide, and you come to clarity. So that's where that disagreement for me is, is finding clarity. It's resolving the... Um, Whatever's unclear between the two. And if both of you are right, that's fine too. But um, you handle this agreement by being able to place, I believe, some sort of expert opinion on it or value. And there you go. Number 10, when you saved your significant others, when saved to, to your significant other's phone, what would your ringtone be? I don't care. When I was wrestling, I came out to a variety of songs. Just licked in, in the back of my head. Um, Township Rebellion by Rage Against the Machine. Bomb Track. We use several Rage Against the Machine songs. Gorilla Radio. Um, summer of 2001, I was using uh, Number One by Nelly. And is it uh, Murphy Lee? I don't like to leave anybody out. But anyway, the Training Day uh, soundtrack, Number One by Nelly. Uh, also used Fuel by Metallica. A couple of the, anyway, when I was wrestling, those were my things. But uh, modern times, 
put something from Oasis or Manchester Orchestra on there would, would best illustrate uh, where I am. Uh, you need space, okay, and then it asks a follow-up series of things. Is it a test? Is this so that you can have peaceful serenity? Uh, do you need space because you're backing out the door? Uh, space for me is clearing your head. It's eliminating distractions, and part of it's serenity, and part of it is can you... Uh, provide somebody um, what I would consider to be a reasonable ask, right? So they ask for space. You can zip it up and throw away the key for a little bit. Um, and sometimes when you when you need space, and that's why it's written that way, it's asking for whoever to describe <laughs> their version of space. Uh, they need space because they're gathering their resources uh, to be able to run in the other direction. And, uh, and end the relationship. But they need space to be able to do that. They're not ready to, to make their Shawshank exit today. But uh, there's a day coming. Yeah. How many ounces in a pound? <laughs> it's 16. <laughs> it's, I cannot remember. I was, I was writing that in a way that I thought, you know, maybe somebody will give silly answers. But... Um, why would I get to the point that I'm talking to anybody that I would share this with who I didn't think knew the answer to that question? I suppose if they get this far into it and then uh, maybe that lets you know, right? Like one of those quality control questions. Number 13, previous traumatic events, bad breakups, anxiety, and or medication for traumatic events, bad breakups, anxiety, whatever. I, don't, I only own a handful of medications. I think there's cortisone cream, triple antibiotic, double antibiotic. Um, there's Advil, there's aspirin, there's Aleve. There might be some Excedrin in this house. And it, it's either acetaminophen or ibuprofen, and then I have cortisone and uh, antibiotic, neosporin, whatever that is. And then uh, cuts, scrapes, bruises. There's probably alcohol and peroxide. That's it. It's basic, you know. Smash my finger with a hammer and it's bleeding. All right, let's pour some alcohol on it. Pour some peroxide on it. Put some neosporin on it. Uh, might want to take a ibuprofen. Reduce the swelling. It's all the medication that stays in, in, in my home. Uh, previous traumatic events. So I've broken a lot of bones. Uh, toes, thumbs. Hit my head, uh, concussions, a couple of those. Um, spl <laughs> splattered all over the floor in the Elkin Armory, October 28th, 2000. Uh, fell from about 16 feet and hit my head right on that tile floor in that place. It's concrete underneath the tile. You might as well say you fell and, and hit the concrete. Uh, bad breakups. Mm. People who are not responsive, who don't allow you to get the, the questions you need to... Hey, what are you doing with this property? I'm not talking to you. Well, do, you, do I throw all of your stuff out the window, into the wind, into the dumpster? Do I hold on to it for you? I would rather not do something that is going to, to put some money in a worse situation. Like they, if they invested money in this piece of property I still have, I'm going to want an answer. That to me is is probably the 
I don't know the worst it's gotten, right? You, you try to have a responsive. <laughs> here, we're two adults. There needs to be some arbitration here. All right? Now, see your way out. Previous anxiety. I have... Um, I knew what it was. I mean, I'm, I'm a process-driven person, but I had vertigo for a little while. Um, 2018? 17. And uh, I haven't had it in a while. You know, it, it, there's... There was in my car, maybe uh, some motion sickness stuff that, that you know I went to urgent care or wherever, and they were like, "Are you feeling it now?" No, take some motion sickness stuff. That'll you know basically that'll keep you from having vertigo and you'll be fine. I said okay, and uh, the more I thought about that, a lot of it was stress driven. It was um, just <laughs> the girl I was seeing stress you out. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Uh, well, I don't know what you're going to do either. It's stressing me the fuck out. So uh, That's where I, I would describe what I'm looking for as the, they call it the intercoastal waterway, the sound. It's still the ocean, right? Where the ocean runs into the land. But not where it comes up on the beach and it crashes on the shore. But where the ocean comes in those back channels up to people's docks and their yards. and It's still the ocean, but it's nice and calm. That's what you're looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Number 14, importance. Assign a percentage to each of these. This would be hard to do in an audio form. But I listed uh, 14 different words and said assign a percentage out of 100 to each one of these words. Communication, sex, financial security, experimentation, cleanliness or hygiene, anatomy, cultural taste, chivalry, culinary skills, gifts, Cuddling, love letters, this probably should be one thing, uh, intelligence and parenting. We're going to say gifts, cuddling, and love letters all fall into similar. If it was even, everything would have about 7.2%. Uh, we're going to take gifts, cuddling, and love letters and knock them all down to about 3% because those are really the same thing. Cleanliness and hygiene ought to be a little higher, 8 or 9 Anatomy, uh, it matters to me how long you're going to live and how you take care of yourself. So if you, if we're throwing that into that category, it needs to be like an eight. Cultural taste, good six. Chivalry, five. I mean, it's it's it really can go in there with cuddling, gift, and love letters. Culinary skills is a nice solid seven. Financial security is on it's higher ten. Communication ten. Sex. What age are you? At, at my stage in life, 8.2. Intelligence, 10, 11. Uh, parenting. We're going to leave that at 8. So, you know, put do the math out there and tell me if I came up over 100. Uh, what skills do you have around the house? I, I do it all. Uh, the one thing I don't touch as much is if anything goes through the wall, I will call a company who's licensed and bonded and that way they have a warranty but uh yeah I've, I've redone some of the plumbing here the electrical deck out back put down artificial turf painting uh lights you name it um 
How do you keep daily communication interesting? Number 16. Say something witty. If you find something that's interesting to them, share it. You know your significant other, or at least you should. Try to come across something they'll find interesting that you can put in front of them that lets you know they're thinking of them. Hey, good morning, sexy. No. What do they love, aardvarks? Go find a picture of an aardvark eating an ice cream cone and send it to them. Whatever. The mouth-watering Big Mac with a savory filio fish and a tasty McChicken. My goodness, that looks good. Oh, oh, you're making a McDonald's menu hat. Yes, a land, air, and sea. Oh, it's going to tip over. No, it's good. It's good. Very stable. Order the land, air, and sea by name, build it by hand, and hack the McDonald's menu. I'm surprised at how attracted I am to it. Ba -ba -ba -ba. We're going to pick it up at number 17. There's a couple of interesting questions down towards the end. I tried to liven it up a little bit and go out on a high note. Uh, 17 says the expert abilities, in this case, it says to please your man, because it's written toward a, a female. Expert abilities to please your partner. And three things you'd like to work on. I Let's start with the working on... Um, I, I, aptitude has everything to do with this kind of thing. So, I, I mean, when I say like to work on getting to know you better, um, doing anything I can to support you and, and help you, you know, accomplish your goals, those would be things I'd like to work on. But, I mean, there are already traits that I possess, more or less. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, hey, where are you headed to? Oh, okay. Do you need a boost? you need somebody to, to say something nice about you? Uh, okay, fine. But, I like, I genuinely don't have anything that just pops out and comes to mind three things you like to work on hmm. if anything it would be more introspective where i would say okay making i don't know maximizing my earning potential so that you can uh, spend um you know a week in the uh, united arab emirates in the penthouse of some you know a trillion dollar hotel that would be you know something to to help uh please you wouldn't it uh maybe i mean i don't know what to help please your significant other i've often thought about learning um because i've watched a lot of youtube videos about um techniques that people would use for shoulder neck whatever in terms of massage that's sort of the i don't know i don't know if that's a level of commitment or a interest hobby whatever you call it but for me, I mean, those are like very, that to me is normal. Oh, does it feel good if I rub your shoulders? Hmm. What if I did some homework and learned how, you know, people who charge money and, and do this every day, and what if I went and learned different Swedish techniques or whatever to be able to give you a, a diverse range of relief and massage? Oh, and maybe I'm a little more educated on what I'm doing wrong. She's like, oh, that hurts. Well, now that you're watching people who have a technique, who do it with quality and charge money for it, probably, and this is not by proxy, but just through the process of watching and practicing, I would say that eliminates many of your bad habits, right? Because you're, you're developing 
better habits, and they're replacing your bad habits. Uh, that would be something of, of an example of what I would work on. Um, being able to crack somebody's, you know, toes or back or whatever, um, chiropractically, right? That's not a bad trait to have, to work on, to please your partner. Uh, it's always nice to have new cooking techniques or, you know, things of that nature. The, I wrote the question in kind of a compelling way because if you read it with a dirty mind, you're obviously going to go, expert abilities to please your man. Mm, let me see. My hips look, you know, what do they work like the fucking bull at the rodeo or whatever? Like, <laughs> great. <laughs> no man can last more than eight seconds with me. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. But uh, um, expert abilities. Uh, here, I'll, I don't think I've shared this on the podcast before. Uh, I'll share it now. This for me is is all the thought process. It's the technique. It's the you pick your word methodology. The human body, and I'll say it in terms of the female body uh, is a musical instrument. You have hair follicles from the top of your head to the ends of your toes. Everything has the ability. Bear with me, because some of y'all have nerve endings that are dead or whatever, but everything is a possibility with a new partner or otherwise to be a source of pain, um, a source of numbness, or a source of stimulation. So some people are going to like it if you just snatch a handful of their hair. Not, you know, I'm not talking about like WWE and slam their head through the sheetrock. But, you know, some people are going to like, oh, ooh, you pulled my hair. Okay, whatever. Some people are going to like it if you scratch their scalp with your fingertips. Some people are going to enjoy it more if you use your fingernails. Some people are just going to like to have, you know, you stroke their hair, you know, there's other people who are going to be extremely adverse to that idea. What are you doing? You're petting me like a dog. <laughs> so this is where your exploration period happens. It may be throughout your relationship, but you have to learn how to play the instrument that's in front of you to play the person that's in front of you. And I, I mean this in a, an extremely technical sense. Guys playing a piano, 88 keys. Sometimes you're hitting more than one set of keys at a time. You're using a left hand here and a right hand here and some black keys and some white keys. And Listen, the female body is where we're going to approach this from. The female body, you have... All these hot spots, erogenous zones, crevices, you know, and you can do one at a time. You've got fingers and toes, and just lean your body onto them and leave pressure on them like a wrestler laying on a guy, pinning him down. You're trying to hold a guy who's been shoplifting down to the ground so he didn't run away. You, there are blunt parts of your body that you can put pressure on somebody. 
You get, and once again, I said, you've got fingertips, you've got fingernails, you've got hot breath, you've got hot saliva, you've got a tongue, you've got teeth, you've got lips, you've got suction, you've got you know, spit. Everybody has sometimes a constantly evolving. Everybody has these things that they enjoy. So if you can find your partner's magical arrangement, right, and you have tempo, you have reliability, they know something, oh man, this is great, what's going to happen next? Be predictably unpredictable. They know, oh man, there she is, she's on all fours and you decide you're going to scratch her back. Okay, are you going to do it like a predator with the big claw just right down the back there's gonna be smoke and skin flying and or what is the old song walk like an egyptian holy or you can if you're gonna dance your fingers across your significant other's skin Maybe you draw hieroglyphics in their back. Maybe you write your name, their name, I love you, whatever it is. Let them figure it out. It keeps their mind guessing in a good way, right? Because that curious mind is its like a lightning rod for stimulation. And every one of these places, if you kiss a woman on the neck, with, you can give her the hot breath, and get her skin hot. And then kiss her for a while. Leave some some saliva on her neck. Whatever you do. Leave it like the alien man. Just leave it dripping with goo. But everybody's different for what they like. However, sometimes you can do things in a very methodical arrangement. Oh. He was, oh, he was breathing. Ooh, he was rubbing on the neck, and then he had his fingernails, and he, he put hot breath on your neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was so great. My toes were just shaking. Oh, he used hot breath, and yet your feet were shaking like they were cold. That, hmm. Yeah. But if you kiss someone and you leave, let's say, saliva on their ears, and you have a fan going. Well, that hot saliva is eventually going to be still moist, but lose its heat. And then you have a fan blowing on someone who has liquid on them that then gets cold. And they go through a whole range of temperatures. And so you've given them a range of sensations. You're taking them on an adventure. And you do the same thing in various parts of people's bodies. But I'll tell you this. Do not take the palm of your hand, knuckles, anything sharp, elbows, <laughs> shoulders, whatever, and lay with those things in areas on your partner because then they're holding your weight. And it's not like you're... Listen, there are certain things that you can do to pin someone down where they're carrying your weight in a more comfortable fashion. I don't know that any of it's completely carefree and weightless but there are ways to pin somebody down with the arms here legs up whatever and you're not inconveniencing them with uh, 
pressure points and pain. They don't feel like they're being, you know, destroyed like a battering ram from the SWAT team. Uh, and I don't mean that in a penetration kind of way. What I mean is, like, if you put your hand on somebody's upper chest near their clavicle and their shoulder blade, they're carrying... Oh, wow! Because that's what a bouncer would do to knock them off their feet and hit them in their upper torso. And it disorients people in one way. And secondly, it's probably painful because most men versus women situations, women's not made to, you know, you don't... Here, let me put this into the loose part of your skin and see how... Oh, wow! Yeah, don't do that. Nobody enjoys those things that's got any sense of self. I mean, there's people who've been hurt in their past, and they're like, yeah, bring it on. I was abused. Bring the pain. Hit me with a two-by-four. Yeah, those women are not for me. I've gotten into those arguments. I'm into BDSM. Are you? That's because you're fucked up. <gasps> well, do you have traumatic events in your past? Mm-hmm. That's why you're into BDSM. It's to get you back there. It's to give you the high that you can't get any other way. Just like when you do heroin or whatever else for the first time. <laughs> you can get addicted because you're trying to chase the high that you can't get. <sighs> anyway, I've I've said enough on this uh, symphony and musical instrument thing for a while. But yeah, that's the, the gist of it is that if you want to please your partner, expert abilities... Do things with a, a musical mindset. Do them in sets of four. Count it off in your head. Don't do it out loud because that's just ridiculous and you'll, you're going to kill the mood. But, oh yeah, one, two, three, four. Change position. One, two, three. Just like you're playing a guitar, piano, anything else. Do that musical arrangement where you, you have a constant or ever constant changing of the guard, but it's always a constant number. Oh, yeah, 10 like this, 10 like that. And they don't know. I mean, now that somebody's listening to this podcast, they're like, yeah, he's doing that thing. <laughs> like, get out of your head and just enjoy yourself. But the reality is, if if you provide a tempo for somebody where they can feel, ooh, and they hit that high and that climax and that whatever, if you continue, think of it like a car going around a curve. If you slow a car down going into a curve, you don't have to hit the brakes. The momentum, if you do it properly from the right distance, the momentum will carry it into the curve and you hit the gas at what's called the apex, at the highest angle point of the curve. And it whips all of that momentum back into your acceleration, right? Same thing is true physically, intimately, sexually. You let somebody get to the point of, ooh, and they start to come back down. You don't overwhelm them. Because if you slam on the gas going into the curve, you fly right out the curve and your ride is over. If somebody's just enjoying the hell out of themselves, like with a meal, how can you eat a three-course meal? Well, you eat... And then you wait, and they bring the main course, and then there's a cooling off period, and then you have the, yeah, that's the magic of it. There's a transition period. What you do in that transition period is it makes or breaks almost everything. Those awkward pauses. Well, oh, ooh, whoa, you're ready to go again. Yes, why not? I didn't overwhelm you. 
Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. He burned the fire down. Now he's going to rake the coals and we're going to make some s'mores. So it is what it is. Um, that was 17. 18. If you're not big on social graces, where would you slip on down to? It's a trick question. It's Of course the answer is Oasis because that's the lyrics to the Garth Brooks song. But the lyrics to the Garth Brooks song only lead you back to my favorite band. The reason for that question has nothing to do with Mr. Chris Gaines, Garth Brooks, whatever big shot country guy. You go to the Oasis. That's my insinuation that you should listen to Oasis music. Uh, oil changes. This is about your car. It's about maintenance. How many miles in between your oil changes? Do you know? I mean, this is one of those things where like, you either know your automobile or you don't. And what blends in your engine? It's written in modern cars on your oil cap. It should be in your window, right? Uh, and I think you ought to know what uh, oil is in your car, both what brand and, and what weight. Uh, mine, in particular, since I'm answering these things, 7,500 and I'm 10W40, 7,500 miles. Uh, and I'll go ahead and knock these out, even though it's kind of a long segment here. Um, allergies, fears, things you would never do, hard limits. I don't have allergies. I don't like mosquito bites, but I don't think that's got anything to do with allergies. I think that's mosquitoes injecting poison into me. Fears. Nothing comes to mind. Things you would never do. Uh, don't hurt somebody if you don't have to. You know, cut them a break. Hard limits. Uh, yeah, if, if you ask me to do something like, yeah, I love it when you spank me. Now, if you will, in the closet over there is a baseball bat. Whoa, whoa, what's that you say? Uh, causing unnecessary harm to somebody, it, it, I just, it, yeah, I can't oblige you. My hard limit is, it doesn't have to be sexual, but it's, it, it is engaging or pushing a person, even if they volunteer and ask for, it, it's, it is getting a person to a level that I believe is unhealthy, is being part of something that I am not on board with. That's my hard limit, even if they ask for it. Uh, 21, plan a vacation with each partner contributing $300. Yes, I reverse engineered this question. It's geared toward a $600 vacation. You can go to most concerts, especially if you use Live Nation, whatever else this summer. They've had a tremendous amount of concerts that they just threw tickets at people for like $20, bucks, $30, bucks, uh, 4 for 80 whatever. Uh, where you can go anywhere you want for a concert, go see a city, have a nice dessert, dinner, and otherwise, that uh, probably is, is a great way to spend $600, especially if you can do it on the, on the coast. There's a lot of venues closer to the coast um, that have uh, concerts, and then you can experience the beach and, uh, and music and, and otherwise. And when it says vacation, uh, you could stay in a variety of places, for sixty to eighty dollars a night, if you have, you don't have to be sixty or fifty or whatever to sign up for this anymore. It is like thirty dollars a year. Uh, you can sign up for AARP if you have AAA. There's a lot of different things that help you save dollars, and those things pretty much pay for themselves. Uh, if you uh, if you're going to do any traveling and use the discounts, 
So, yeah, vacation for $300 each. Um, I, in particular, want to go see Manchester Orchestra. Um, and I'm very big on, if you listen to the podcast or if you've seen my office door, you know this, the New York Rangers hockey team. Um, I don't know what it costs to get into Madison Square Garden, so it's a little far-fetched for me to say that we could make a trip to New York for $600. That's what I'm going to say, though. Two two seats to the garden, somewhere in the garden, uh, and, uh, and a trip to New York for a night. Um, your hair, is it bun? Do you, do you put it into a bun? Flat iron it. Who cares? Pull it, hands through it, ponytail, don't care. Uh, my hair is shaved on the sides and then it's growing longer. It's I think it's long enough to put into a boy, it'd be a Shetland ponytail, but it it'd be short. Uh girls don't mind if you're a pony, even if you're a little one, do they? Uh but no, I uh used to have much longer hair and I've for whatever reason will have flights of fancy and and chop it all off from time to time. Uh, three, 23, three-day romantic trip leaves in 20 minutes. How many bags are you packing once inside of them? Uh, long sleeve, short sleeve, shorts, jeans, socks are probably optional. Um, probably tennis shoes, hey dudes, something like that. And, and just, you know, uh, probably, yeah, I, I always grab, you know, the chargers for the electronics. I have, uh. Nice little, you know, shaving bag and grab that and grab, you know, one short, one long, one pants, one shorts, and you can go anywhere. You can go swimming in them shorts and stuff. So when people say swimsuit this and blah, 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 blah. Let your clothes be multifunctional for the purposes of what I'm answering here. So one bag, and that's it. And I have a book bag in my car that already has... Like, I don't know, like an overnight change and uh, a lot of writing utensils. So I, I keep that. But if it's a three-day trip, uh, long sleeve, short sleeve, shirts, shoes. Probably doubling up something at that point. No, it's not. Because if you go to the beach or somewhere else, buy you a souvenir t-shirt, wear it one of the days. There you go. We're going to solve that problem. Shopping trip. Is the man in or out of the dressing room? Can he help pick out outfits? This comes from a couple of different things. You know, how much do you value your guy's opinion? When I was younger, I, I didn't go in the changing room. My mom took me shopping with her because she said that I gave her the most honest feedback. And uh, I'll never forget this because I, I knew what to say if I didn't think she should buy something or I wanted to go to the next store. And she would be looking at something and I'd say, you know, I, I think... I think Mama, my grandmother, I think Mama would wear that. And she would go, oh, you're right. No, let's get out of here. <laughs> when she thought she was dressing like her mother. Boy, we were hightailing it to the next department store, brother. So, uh, yeah, as an adult, I'd rather be in the dressing room. It, you need a hand with different things. And I can be putting stuff back on hangers while you're getting dressed. And if you're up to no good, my dressing room is not a bad place to do it. Uh... Number 25, a guy opens your door. So you're sitting passenger seat. He drives. Okay. You also get to pick the music while he's driving you. Oh. And you take your feet, put them across the console, the divide. And uh, 
I'm left-handed, so I drive the car with my left hand while you ride shotgun to listen to whatever music you like, and and you get your feet rubbed with my right hand while I'm driving left-handed. It's hypothetically, what would your reaction be to that? Uh, My reaction is, um, we're going to find out in uh, a while uh, whether... um, this relationship is one-sided. <laughs> That's what we're going to find out. That's what my reaction is. Uh, my reaction is anticipation and, and perhaps perhaps uh, disappointment. We'll, we'll find out later. Number 26 in the last question uh, says, You have a Sunday where you're both off work. You don't have any plans. You wake up first. So the, the significant other wakes up first. You know what, what would you do? What would I do if I woke up before her? It, it's the totality of the circumstances. Um, we're off work, but I often have an intimate knowledge of <laughs> many things, of what your agenda is for the day, what you'd like to get done, if you need to sleep late, laundry needs to get done, whatever, whatever. So if I get up and you're sleeping, I'm probably going to make rounds and go, okay, Um the hamper's full. We're gonna throw that in the washing machine. We get that running. Put a, put the dishes up that are not washed. Wash the ones that are not uh, clean, and you know do the things around the house, and then make my way back to the bed after you've got an extra sleep. And uh, it depends on who I'm with. It, if if it's somebody who's sensitive to touch, maybe we you know turn on the circuit breaker. If it's uh, somebody who just really enjoys their sleep and I would be better off to go sit and write something because you value sleep more than um, early morning conversation or shenanigans or whatever, that's fine. Uh, there's a chance that if I know that you're going to sleep for a while because you had a mixed drink the night before or whatever, I'm going to run out and grab some sort of not temperature-sensitive breakfast uh, because then you can bring that home. And if they sleep late, they sleep late, but it's not like the food got cold and it's ruined. Uh, donuts are a good thing from that, a dessert shop. Um, or, just in general, uh, going ahead and calling and making a reservation for something for brunch or lunch. And uh, smelling good and getting ready. And then just, when she wakes up, she's got a a good-looking man. And if you have to get ready twice because she can't keep her hands to herself, do you really lose? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, there's that. Anyway, I have put enough time into this application that it has become a full episode. It is to me. Commercial breaks and all. So, I I appreciate you listening to my bullshit. If (laughs) you want to see this thing, it's on mlcraver.com. It's uh, from March the 22nd, I believe. So, you have to scroll down. It is not the top entry on my website. But uh, anything that is not on the front page of my website, if you just go down to the bottom and hit more posts, there are things written for several years there. And uh, you're welcome to read each and every one of them. Or criticize them or print them out and throw darts at them. It's up to you. Uh, Yeah. So. There are not readily available ways to access me. So if you see this and you're like, hey, you know what? I want to give him some feedback on that application. Speak my mind. That chauvinist piece of... Whatever. Um, If you reverse 
my name, you can that's 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 where the fan mail goes anyway. It's Craver Michael L at gmail.com. So C R A V E R M I C H A E L L at gmail.com. Michael L. Craver. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up. I'm gonna send you home. And uh, you guys who are, are spending your time listening on me, you're too kind. I hope you're having a great week. I'm gonna see what the thunderstorm did outside and go check out the garden. I know some jalapenos are ready, and I gotta make dinner. So, for those of you uh, who have questions, comments, or concerns, I've I just publicly put my email out there on every streaming platform. It's one of many emails that I have. So if if you're planning to use it for uh, evil instead of good, you'll be sadly, sadly disappointed. But uh, have yourself a great week. Have yourself a great year. Uh, It's shaping up to be something special. I'm glad to get more episodes out there for you wherever you may be listening. Thank you for your time. Have a great night.